What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. This is BDGE. Big dogs got e fantasy football. My name is Nicholas. It is Monday, which means it is Q&A Monday. I'm answering all y'all's questions. Fantasy football, real football, dynasty redraft, margarita related. Anything y'all throw my way, I'll try my best to answer them. If you want a chance to ask a question or a question that's featured on next week's video, y'all could do that via discord our discord channel is popping it's the best in the industry big facts only you could join that through patreon patreon.com slash b d g e that is patreon.com slash b d g e to get y'all's questions answered by yours truly i don't have a lot of time today so i gotta get through this quickly therefore we are going to tuck out oh this is the first time i've worn jeans in like fucking 17 months it's hard tucking shirts into jeans stop yelling and let's eat y'all are new to the channel and y'all enjoy fantasy football and y'all enjoy the content that i present forth to y'all today make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the thumbs up button while you're down there it's a button that looks just like that all you got to do is click the mouse right on top of it lets youtube know you like these videos and i'll keep making them first question in from alex caruso he says how many wide receivers have a legit shot at being the wide receiver one aka wide receiver one is in their range of outcomes if things break right it's a great question because i i answered this for running backs a couple weeks ago i believe it was a q a or maybe it was a one-off video called i think league winning running backs on my channel so we're going to do something similar for wide receivers and basically what we did was we looked at the wide receiver one over the last 10 years right we looked at the running back one over the last 10 years and we tried to break apart the individual numbers and statistics that combined that thrown into the cocktail that made the perfect margarita for them to spew out a wide receiver one season so this chart i'm going to throw it up on the screen and i know this is probably going to be a lot for y'all a lot of numbers to take in again try to listen to me here i'm going to break down what i did and what i found from the numbers here and what we could do to kind of take away from this chart to use going forward into 2020. I also am going to put a download link in the description if you want to download this chart so you can kind of you know send it to your phone or use it at any time there will be a link right down in the description a few things kind of jump off the screen to me here there was only two of these top 10 finishers to finish with fewer than 150 targets on the season both of them had the number one overall fantasy quarterback throwing their way that was Tyreek Hill in 2018 and that was Demarius Thomas in 2013 they had Patrick Mahomes and and Peyton Manning throwing to them and these are half PPR the overall wide receiver one finish so some of these guys might not have been the wide receiver one in points per game wanted to do the overall wide receiver one half PPR points per game so only two of them with fewer than 150 targets three of them with a fewer than 25% target share on the team. So basically, the overall look of what I wanted to look at was like their involvement in the offense, just total targets, total receptions. And then I looked at their air yard share. I looked at the wide receiver two target share. So who they're competing with on the team. I wanted to look at, you know, their overall offense, the overall pass attempts on that given team, how the quarterback performed, the 40 plus yard receptions. What is the actual combination to make a wide receiver one? Is it plays down the field? Is it having a really good quarterback? Is it playing in a really good offense? Is it just straight up being really involved in the offense having high volume so we saw three of them three of these top 
or number one overall wide receivers below a 25% target share. Two of those we had previously mentioned already was Tyree Kill and Demarius Thomas. Both of those guys, again, had the quarterback one. The other one was Calvin Johnson in 2011. And the dude had 16 receiving touchdowns. So I think overall, what I could really simplify this down to, you need to be playing with a very good quarterback in a very good offense. Like at the baseline, that needs to be the very, very least you are as a fantasy wide receiver if you have any shot of finishing as the wide receiver one. Of the 10 wide receiver one finishes of the last 10 years, eight of them were on teams that scored in the top seven in terms of points per game. Five of them, so half of the wide receiver ones were in a top five offense. That is fifth column from the left side. So the offenses were basically all high powered. And that obviously makes sense because it means you're moving the ball down the field, you're scoring, you're getting more scoring opportunities. Only one of these guys on the list had a season with fewer than nine touchdowns. And that was Calvin Johnson back in 2012. I don't know why I remember this statistic, but I remember that he got tackled on the one yard line like seven or eight times, something like that. So it shouldn't have even happened. So realistically, I mean, you need to be scoring nine or double digit touchdowns to be finishing as a wide receiver one he also had 1964 receiving yards that year look at like deandre hopkins 2017 he had absolutely no business being the wide receiver one the team was 17th in points per game 23rd in pass attempts per game had the fewest of all these wide receivers in terms of 40 plus yard reception so he was not a big downfield threat but my god he was the entire passing offense on this team a 35 percent target share and a 45 percent air yard share so i've had people ask me like what does that mean a target share or an air yard share it means the percentage of the targets that your team had like how you know if he has a 35% target share that means of all the targets that were thrown on Houston that year he had 35% of them that's an incredibly high number as you can see it's the highest on this entire list going above 30% is a very 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 hard thing to do we usually have like one guy maybe two guys a year that go above 30% so he had 45% of the air yards which was by far and away the highest on this list as well case in point Terry McLaurin wide receiver one overall this year now the average stat line for the wide receiver one was 170.5 targets 112 receptions 1584 receiving yards 11.6 touchdowns which is ridiculous I took out the bottom and the top performers to kind of skew out any outliers here and the numbers were almost literally identical the exact same target number 170.5 110 receptions 1576 receiving yards and 11.9 touchdowns so again you need a good offense you need a good quarterback that throws a lot of passing touchdowns on on the sheet as well you could see quarterback passing touchdown all the way on the right the second one on the right you had almost everybody throw for 28 or more passing touchdowns 36 50 40 32 55 41 28 but i think what this points to is you could look at some of these young upside exciting wide receivers that you know like the dj charks the terry mclaurins and obviously you know they're not a good bet to finish as a wide receiver one their odds are probably like 190 to one but you can kind of narrow them out if you're on a bad offense you have a very 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 small chance of finishing as the wide receiver one because your team just does not maintain possession of the ball long enough you're not going to get enough volume you're not going to get enough quality volume which is probably a better way to put it because you can you know alan robinson last year had 154 targets but those were not quality if you're on a bad offense that probably means your quarterback's not good which probably means your targets are not good you're also not getting a lot of red zone targets which was the case for Allen Robinson so I wanted to make a similar chart to what we did for the running backs video narrowed down what I thought were some of the most important aspects of the chart that I showed you prior and see like who checked off the most boxes this is a very very bird's eye view look at this stuff this is definitely not black and white here completely gray and completely just to show you like what the actual pieces that you should be looking for for a wide receiver one overall and I basically put up the first 12 guys that are going off the board ADP not including the guys that were already on this list like I didn't put up Michael Thomas I didn't put Tariq Kill. I didn't put Julio because we all know that's obviously in his range of outcomes I did include DeAndre Hopkins because he's moving to a new team he did it in Houston but I feel like it's a new situation 
situation so we can go over it again. Basically, I looked at, is it possible for them to go over 150 targets? Because that is almost the baseline for wide receiver one. Is the offense top 10? Should probably be top eight. Quarterback in fantasy, 28 plus passing touchdowns. So is your quarterback going to be really good? Is he going to throw for a lot of touchdowns? I probably could have added in, does he have double digit touchdowns in his range of outcomes? That probably would have helped narrow down a couple guys on this list. But what we came out with was... Godwin kind of leads the top of the list because I expect their offense and, and and I will preface again guys this is very not black and white uh these are offensive ranks per last year so it's very possible that like Chris Godwin right Tampa Bay ranked fourth in terms of points per game that number could absolutely shoot back because they're not playing from behind and needing to score a ton of points they got Brady coming in you'll see either like a yes or no whether or not they hit that criteria the blue is like a maybe whether or not I think they can hit it next year based on what they did last year and the changes that were made to the offense going into this year but as you can see like the middle row offensive top 10 that was just their ranking in terms of points per game the team that they're on right now last year so like Adam Thielen the Vikings last year were 11th in points per game so they didn't crack top 10 but they're right there so it's very very possible so basically I gave a half a check mark for anyone that hit the blue zone in there and kind of gave an overlying view of whether or not I think they have it in their range of outcomes Godwin again 150 plus targets is it possible I mean it's definitely unlikely but the fact that Brady's coming in and he's someone who likes to sh- uh, throw the ball over the shorter part of the field gets those guys like Edelman involved more, who is basically a much less athletic version of like Godwin. I, I could see it happening where Godwin takes over the wide receiver one role in terms of volume here. So I put him as a, a possible 150 target guy. And a couple other names on the list that are up there. You have Amari Cooper, you have Adam Thielen, you have Mike Evans. So Cooper, I don't think he's possibly getting near that 150 target mark. I think he had like 120 last year and now they bring in CeeDee Lamb. So it doesn't look good for him. I know they have a lot of vacated targets, but just the fact that he's in a very, very good offense, you never know. If he ends up with like 12 touchdowns this year or 13 touchdowns this year, which I don't think is out of control, he could possibly get in there. So he's upon the list. Adam Thielen is a volume guy here. I think he can flirt with 140 to 150 targets because Stefan Diggs is gone. The Minnesota offense is going to be run heavy but they are going to be a fish her cousins i think threw for 26 touchdowns last year so they go a little bit more pass heavy i think they definitely have a case to be made to throw for 28 passing touchdowns and the offense to reside in the top 10 so i think he's got that in his range of outcomes mike evans and chris godwin are similar but i don't think mike evans is going to get the volume that a guy like chris godwin will because evans is more of a downfield route runner i don't think brady's going to be targeting him like eight times a game to get there deandre hopkins is a weird case is it possible for him to hit 150 targets absolutely he's done it for like six straight years coming to a new offense I don't think that that will be the case I'd be very 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 surprised if he does end up hitting 150 targets in the new offense we saw them go very run heavy once Kenyon Drake actually took over last year as their starting running back Kyler Murray ranked 28th in pass attempts per game over the second half of the season once Drake was involved so I think they do more on the ground because they don't have a good offensive line and Kyler Murray is going to get killed back there Cliff Kingsbury was really really good at changing the offense last year and I give him a lot of credit for that first year he was able to adapt and not stick to what he thought was going to work in the beginning of the season which didn't work was able to swap things around and and shit became good there in Arizona for the offense so they ranked 17th last year did they have a chance of cracking top 10 I would say that's probably a reach but I wouldn't be surprised this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply if they ended up flirting with that like 12 to 13 mark so I put a red there but I put a maybe for quarterbacks in terms of Kyler Murray I think he threw for 20 touchdowns last year he could definitely see an increase and, and hit that 26 to 28 mark and y'all could look at the rest of the list I mean I think if we're being very very objective here Odell Beckham down there is he going to get 150 targets he didn't do it last year and they're going to be even more run heavy with Kevin Stefanski coming in so I don't see a, a likelihood of, of that happening especially with like Kareem Hunt getting way more involved in the passing game adding Austin Hooper going a lot with two tight end sets on the field so I don't see him getting that involved in the passing offense here to a degree of like 150 targets so what I think this chart realistically does is like everybody is like oh my god he's got wide receiver one outcomes in his in his range he's got this crazy upside whatever I think what this does is take a very objective view of the offense that the player's in the involvement or the volume that a player can get it kind of puts in perspective like really the upside of certain players like Odell Beckham has wide receiver one in his range of outcomes like no he really fucking doesn't he hasn't been that good on a football field in a long time been able to stay healthy he's not in an offense that goes past heavy all the time he's in an offense that has a lot of other weapons a lot of times he was playing for the giant in those big years like four or five years ago he was kind of like the only weapon there so that was another reason why he was able to excel in a bad off. Like, I just think this kind of puts things into perspective of guys that could possibly hit that wide receiver one mark. Like Allen Robinson, I love him. I think he's got a good shot of finishing as you know, a top five wide receiver. I don't think he has, you know, I think he has like a 2% chance of finishing as the wide receiver one overall because the offense is just terrible. The quarterback play is going to be terrible. It doesn't mean he's going to be a bad fantasy option. It just means that you have to be realistic with the ceiling options. So I hope that, uh, I hope that was somewhat useful whatsoever. I know I just rambled on for about 42 minutes and again if you want this chart if you want to download the chart the link will be in the description let's move on to question number two dcpr question for q a monday 13 a's my man what are the top five dynasty mistakes you have seen or see people make let's see i don't know if i have like a top five list but i'll list off some of the ones that i think are very common i think trading up in startup drafts to get like big name players is usually a huge mistake this is especially true with people who are beginners when you're on the clock in the first round you like want to get those high profile player guys you know you already made your first round pick you want to trade from you know you're the 103 you took fucking I don't know Kamara or whatever you want to trade up from that 210 into the first again 107 to stack Kamara with Joe Mixon the problem is when you try to trade up anytime you're trying to trade up in startup drafts that kills your depth and it kills the youth that you're probably going to have or you're trading away future picks so people really undervalue future picks especially like second round future picks they really undervalue having depth like you want as many top 50 picks in a startup draft or top 60 or 75 picks in a startup draft as you possibly can if you trade away your first round pick and you end up getting like a third a fifth and a future first that's a great haul you got to look at it this way it's like if you trade away your first the 107 it's like would you rather have Mixon or would you rather have you got to put players to the names that's the overall theme here like when you're trading when you're trading numbers it's difficult to put it into perspective but look at what you're going to get in ADP look at what you're going to get via a player or multiple players compared to the one player you're giving up so when you trade up you're killing your depth you're killing your future for the most part I almost exclusively trade down unless there's a guy also just trading for the sake of trading if we're in the first or second round of a startup draft and people are offering me like their seventh and tenth for a for a fifth rounder and we're five rounds away from that shit I have absolutely no intention of making that trade 
I trade if there's a guy that I think is dropping too far and I really want him, I'll trade up for him. Or if I'm on the board and there's a huge tier that's in the same tier of guys and I can get I can get any of the guys that I like, like seven, seven picks later, I'll trade back. I don't trade for the sake of trading, especially in a startup draft. I trade once I'm on the clock and I know that I don't want a guy or if there's someone dropping that I do want. So I think trading for the sake of trading is another mistake I see happen all the time. It, it can work. It can work if you're in a league with people that don't play Dynasty. But if you're ever in an actual league with people who know what they're doing, sending out more trades is usually going to result in you taking L's over the long term. I can promise you that. Uh, another mistake I see is like drafting based on ADP. ADP is a good tool. I think the the value of ADP diminishes in Dynasty. Like I was in a startup draft last week and people were like making picks and they're like putting in the group me. They're like, oh, you, this is such a reach pick. You know, like he's going 12 picks after where he is in ADP and I'm just going to take him now. I'm like, dude, that's like the corniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Just get your fucking guy is dynasty everybody here's the thing like when you're in your startup draft everyone's building their team so differently some guys know that they're going to throw the first year some guys are just going to draft all fucking quarterbacks and try to trade them in the future some guys are going all in on this year and going to be drafting veteran players so when it comes to adp like yes it's useful to know around where the guys are going and it's nice because you can compare it to redraft and be like oh he's got way more value in dynasty than he does in redraft but drafting based on adp is a huge fucking mistake because you're just going to miss out on all your value doesn't win you championships guys value does not win you championships getting the best players wins you championships that's a huge mistake i see all the time that's the same thing in redraft too it's like guys fuck value fuck value 2020 running for president get your fucking guy if dj moore is going off the board at 308 adp wise i'm fucking drafting him at 206 i don't care if that's the only chance if that's where i think i need to get him and i want dj Moore on my damn team i'm drafting dj Moore at the 206 what else trades wise i think a lot of again going back to like don't trade for the sake of trading i think people get very antsy look for the best window anytime you could trade where both sides are really getting value you're not trying to just win the fucking trade it'll be a good trade i think the best time to trade is right before the trade deadline so for people who know they're out of contention playoff wise they could trade away their best players for first round picks really easily and the guys who are giving up their first round picks are contenders so they'll use that piece right away so once you're getting to like week seven or so you have a really good idea of who the contenders are in your league who you can move pieces with and the trading is very very easy because you know exactly what they need they know exactly what you need and it gets done quickly and you can get good value from it and you could probably squeeze out a little bit more value because the person's going for championships and you'd be like you need this fucking player to put you over the edge and it's really easy to pick up like a first and a third for like a what else do we got i say overvaluing rookies i get that you want youth on your team but i don't think there's a reason to go crazy about rookies and stack your entire team up with rookies at the end of the day outside of rookie running backs rookies are going to val- uh, are not going to put up a lot of production in their rookie year some guys will have good rookie years but nowhere near the type of production you need to like win your leagues especially in year one so like even you could have drafted last year and had a flawless fucking draft of aj brown terry mclaurin all those guys they're not going to get you to the playoffs in a, in a dynasty league so i would say like it's nice to have rookies but youth is like a four-year window you know what i mean so there could be sophomore players who are younger than rookie. just because a guy is labeled as a rookie does should not make him more enticing put context behind everyone one that you draft i also think like mid-tier running backs are extremely overrated they recycle themselves year over year it's the reason why you see the same like if you're not getting elite running backs you can basically recycle any running back in dynasty in my opinion anyone is on the trade block outside of like the saquon c max zeke's kamaras anyone outside of that is worth looking to trade for because they're probably going to be way devalued in a year or two years down the road so like the aaron jones guys the Kenyon drakes guys those kind of guys are not good picks with Within like the first three rounds of a startup draft because we know you know once they hit 
26, 27, 28, their value is going to be screaming fucking downwards like they're on King Ka. Anyone from like RB8 to fucking RB80, don't overvalue them in Dynasty. All right, let's move on to question number three. From Scooter McGavin, rank these marks. Classic, strawberry, mango, raspberry, watermelon. All right, this is like a tier. Basically, you have the classic as Christian McCaffrey, and then everybody else is DJ Dallas, Carlos Hyde, Jarek McKinnon. That's a bad example. I'll, I'll drink just about any mark you throw into my face. It's classic for me, non-frozen. Don't give me that frozen. It's really fucking hard to finish a frozen margarita. It's fun for like one sip and one picture. That's it. Those are the rules. We go classic house margarita on the rocks with salt extra tequila if they'll give it to you otherwise the flavors are fun they're novelty every once in a while i mix in a nice strawberry maybe if we're out on an island it's fucking island time i'm on a vacation which is like few and far between these days can't can't be doing it just can't can't win with them can't win with vacations my personal ranking here would obviously be classic at the 101 then we move to the fucking fourth round i fuck with watermelon i think strawberry and raspberry are kind of a, uh, a toss-up it's really dependent on who's making it because you could fuck up the flavors really quickly i don't like mango too much so that would definitely be on the bottom of the list i feel like raspberry has a very wide range of outcomes also super fucking underrated fruit i love raspberry i think i've you know what's the problem with fruit like a raspberry is like $5 for a fucking little thick carton of it. And I legit eat the entire thing in about three handfuls. Wildly underrated in taste, wildly overrated in price. Per capita, per capita calorie, per price, per raspberry. It just fucking ain't it. We need to change. This is, the, this is one of the movements we need to be fucking shooting for. So lower the fucking price of berries, blackberries, blueberries, wildly overrated as well i do like blueberries but they're the my least favorite out of blackberries strawberries blueberries watermelon berries are there any other types of berries i think raspberries are my favorite berries raspberries blackberries blueberries we're talking about margaritas anyways i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about tell you what we sliced it up last night i'm about it's saturday right now while i'm filming this i'm about to fucking slice it up again today i gotta get the fuck out of here steve's been waiting behind my window for like 13 minutes someone suggested something really funny actually because i always look outside my window when i'm in the middle of filming and you guys always see me like turn my head to the side someone suggested i put a camera here looking out the window so you guys could see every time i look at it which i think is Fucking hilarious. I'm probably not going to end up doing it because it's a lot of work, but it would be cool uh, for future references. So I love y'all for sticking with me this long. If you did, again, you can see the message right there. Our draft guide is live. It's been done live. You can get it on monkeyknifefight.com by using the promo code BDGE. When you deposit 10 bucks and play a game on there of $2, you will get email access from me within 24 hours of playing that game. You literally get all the draft guides for $10. If you thought the big facts in today's video were good, your head is going to be blown the fuck off by what we have in the draft guide. I worked very hard on it. It will be updated throughout the entirety of the summer. The rankings will be in there. Everything you need for 2020 fantasy football. I don't think I yelled once today. Probably because I'm hungover. I'll see y'all tomorrow. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 